You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo, and I want to tell you a story about how I met today's guest. Last year, I was a speaker at a conference, and the day before I was speaking, there was actually a big expo going on, and there was thousands of people at this conference. There was booths all over the place, and I'm pretty structured on these days. I know exactly where I want to go, where I want to stop. So here I was walking from one of the booths to another one, clearly knowing exactly where I was going, and in the corner of my eye, I noticed somebody sitting completely alone at one of the round tables. Now, again, this room is huge. It's a convention center. There are thousands of people in this room, and I saw one person sitting by themselves. If there's anything you need to know about me, it's that my calling and purpose in life is to help people live the most successful and fulfilled version of their lives. So when I see somebody sitting alone at a conference like this, I know, one, they're either a crazy person, or they just are having information overload or just lost, not sure what to do next. Whatever the reason may be, I knew in my mind at that moment, my agenda for where I was going next had to go out the window so I could go help this person. So here I am, I venture over to them, I sit down. Within just a few minutes, I realize that she's actually another speaker at this conference, and she's actually a keynote at the conference. And by the line forming behind me to talk to her next, I guess everyone was scared of her, or just too shy. But once I sat down, there was a line forming behind me. She was also considered by Forbes to be the female of finance. At Rise Global calls her the most influential female in the finance industry, which is absolutely huge. And the more I talked to her, I realized she's also a contributor on Good Day LA, Fox News, and Forbes. She is absolutely incredible. Her name is Winnie Sun. She has so much wisdom, so much knowledge. You know, I was able to form a friendship with her, and I really appreciate that. She's somebody who I should not have access to, but she told me at that time, she said, Alex, whatever you do, I'm going to help you be successful. And I called her six months later and said, hey, Winnie, I'd love for you to be on this podcast. And she said, absolutely, I'll do whatever you want me to do. So today we are privileged to have Winnie Sun as a guest, and we're going to be talking about how we can grow and monetize our brands while we're already busy. Hello, that's all of our lives, right? So I'm excited about this interview today. She shares so much of her just wisdom and knowledge and her journey and her life. So let's go ahead and jump over to my interview with Winnie Sun now. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Winnie Sun. Winnie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, it's my honor. Thank you so much for inviting me out. Yeah. You know, we met last year at FinCon 18. We were both speakers. I think I told you that at some point I was going to have you on a podcast. And here we are months later. You're actually on the podcast. I'm really excited about that. Woohoo. I'm super excited. Thank you. (laughs) Absolutely. So here's the deal. I had a lot of options of different things we could discuss together because I feel like you're extremely accomplished. You've done a lot with your life. So it was kind of difficult for me to narrow down exactly what to talk about. But what I really wanted to kind of cover is how to grow and monetize your brand when you're already busy. Mm -hmm. You've created an empire for yourself. You've also got things going on on the side as well, which really I find impressive. So you're the uh, the co-founder of Sun Group Wealth Partners. And I'd love for you just to kind of share a little bit about what that is and some of the background. And then we'll kind of get into the personal brand and your side hustle, if you will, that you're into. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. So I started in the financial industry almost 20 years ago, started at Smith Barney, and then eventually we started our own firm, which is now Sun Group World Partners. And we manage money for wealthy and well-to-do individuals across the globe. And we've been doing that for quite some time. So my longtime business partner, Brandon and I, have really been working together for like 18 years. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's, it's really been an incredible journey. When you think about 
building your wealth and getting to that next level, then you need a team like ours to help you make better decisions about investing your money and how to make the most of your money in addition to what you do for your day job. Right. Now, I know this isn't where you actually started. What, what did you do before you were managing wealth for people? That's a great question. Well, I actually started my own business when I was in my early 20s. I owned and operated a television audience production company out of my college apartment. And from there, we became one of the largest in the United States. I was moving thousands of people per week to shows like my clients, such as Americans Funniest Home Videos and Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy and the MTV Pilots, Gladiator, all sorts of fun things like that. So before going to the financial industry, I was filling seats and really learning the importance of not only you know, taking care of your audience, building your audience, but also keeping them engaged and entertained. That's great. And then what made you transition into the world of finance? Well, I needed to please my parents. <laughs> I had uh, typical Asian parents and okay. they would be like, Winnie, we didn't send you to you know, UCLA to go work in television. You know, your sister's graduating. She's going to be going to Google after Berkeley. And, and here you are just working in TV. And I was like, oh, but working in TV is really great and people treat me really well and I'm doing so well. But, you know, Asian parents just don't understand TV. So really to please my parents, I started taking financial planning courses at night because okay. I thought, well, you know, at the time, you know, you could buy any stock and the stock would go up. And I thought I could do this. I could make some money. And I thought I would also teach my parents more about financial planning at the same time. So it was really a professor. Uh, in that program that pulled me aside and said I should interview at Smith Barney and the rest is history. Wow. <laughs> I sold my business. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool story. Very cool. And you know, actually I was looking at it's Rise Global, but they call you the number one most influential female in the finance world. That's, <laughs> that's so cool to be able to, to see that you've been able to accomplish that. So, and you know, I actually want to talk about a little bit more than just your, your finance business. Again, kind of going back to the topic here, how to grow and monetize your brand when you're already busy. I kind of just covered all this with you so far just to say that, yes, Winnie's son is very busy. You have a lot going on. You're doing a lot. <laughs> but somehow you do more than that. And, you know, I've followed you on Twitter for quite some time now. And you have one of the most engaged audiences I've ever seen. And I really, I love that. I think that's so cool. But I never really pay attention to the followers until I decide, you know what, let me see what she's working with here. So I went over there. Mm -hmm. You have almost 400,000 followers. On, on Twitter, mm -hmm. that's, that's crazy. Yeah. It kind of kind of blows my mm -hmm. mind. And you know, nothing against the finance industry, but um, it's not the most sexy of industries, if you will. <laughs> and yes. so, most financial advisors or anybody kind of in that area, they don't usually have four hundred thousand followers. It's not the one we're all flocking to follow, you know. So I thought it was really interesting. I know that that's kind of where your personal brand has come in because you've been able to accomplish a lot just outside of the finance world. And I'd love to kind of discuss a little bit about that with you because I think that that's what's really going to resonate with the audience of the Creating a Brand podcast. Um, and my goal today is just to ask you questions that I believe that if any of them were sitting in the room with you are the questions that they'd want answered that they'd want to ask you as well. So I'm hoping just to pull from your knowledge as much as I possibly can here today. So. Um, can you tell us a little about what you're doing outside of the finance world with your, again, with some of which is with your Twitter and some of your partnerships mm -hmm. that you're working with? I'd love to hear a little bit about that. Sure. You know, for me, starting social media, this is like a few years back. It was really a way to bring in more clients for our group, our company, some group of partners. And through that process, you know, it just sort of developed and became almost a business by itself because 
through the years, it wasn't just about meeting new people, telling our story and getting people excited about what we were doing, but I really wanted to change the language. And you made a good point, Alex. I mean, when I go to a social event and people are like, so what do you do? And when you tell them you're a financial advisor, you instantly become very unpopular. And I thought that was, yeah, that had to be changed. The story had to change. Hmm. So really developing this uh, social media platform developing relationships online and getting all these followers. And from there, you know, I have the largest business tweet chat every single week that I host. And it's Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific or 2 p.m. Eastern. And we average anywhere between 150 to 350 million impressions per hour. So to give you an idea, that's pretty much bigger than most television shows in terms of eyeball reach. Right. So that really was just sort of a way that to get personal finance and our brand out there. That was really the reason why I started that, but it's completely changed. I think because I realized that it was more important to get people excited about business and personal finance messaging and building these relationships over just to convert clients and to right. sell. That's good. So yeah, so we, we now don't sell at all on social media, or I should say we, I say I, because I'm doing it all, but I'm not there to sell, really there to make friends and talk to people, let them know what we do. And then if they have a need or want to do more with us, then they know where to turn to. So that's not to say that I haven't gotten clients from that. I think that would be very inaccurate because obviously I do social media for business reasons. I don't really have much time to do anything else for personal reasons. I've got three kids and a husband at home too, so they have to take priority. So social media has given us not only clients, but now like what you mentioned, I do a ton of brand work with several Fortune 500 companies and have been doing so the last few years, but I will say that 2019 is turning out to be a blockbuster year. And so what I do now is I work with brands as their spokesperson. And these are brands, not just in the financial industry. I have a great partnership with Sally Mae and Smarty Pig on the financial side. I've also done work with Investment Business Daily. and But I work with travel and other lifestyle brands too, like Hertz Rental Car is a great one, and others. I kind of want to jump back to it just a second here. You were talking about how you were, I guess, originally on your social media, you were attempting to convert clients. You were looking to, to earn more business. And then you said you changed the story. I'd love to hear what changed on that. I definitely want to get back to this other deal that you're working on with these different brands you're connected with, but I want to hear what did you do to change the story to kind of blow up the way that you have on social media? Well, I think the thing is I really spent a lot of time figuring out the trigger points or things that I needed for people to feel comfortable talking to me as a whole person rather just as a financial advisor. Because I think sometimes or oftentimes we get, you know, you meet somebody for the first time. It's like, oh, and who are you and what do you do? The first thing is like, oh, I'm an engineer. I'm a chemical engineer. I'm like this, I'm that. So your identity relates to your profession. So I didn't have the luxury of having a really sexy profession. So I needed to make sure that my profiles on social media were ones that would attract people to want to talk to me. So initially, you know, working in a really big firm, it was like having titles, right? It was like having a vice president titles. You know, I think that was my sort of younger ages too, where I thought that was really important. And it did help. I mean, it certainly got me some attention from clients that ended up working with me. But then I went further and I said, well, it's really interesting 
I had these conversations with myself all the time. Like, you know, it's okay. so interesting because if you think about it, I'm really not my competition. Financial advisors aren't really my competition. The media is my competition because the media would say, oh, you know, you shouldn't work with a financial advisor. You should just go direct to like a no load product where it's less expensive and this right. and that. I'm like, but that's not true because all the clients that I work with, they wouldn't really invest as much as they do now. They wouldn't know what to pick if it weren't for me. And I said, we need to tell a different story. We need to tell them why clients work with us. Right. So I realized the media was my competition. And I said, well, okay. But the media gets so much respect, which as they should, because they're reporting information. They said, but how do I tell my story in my own way? So it was very fortunate. I started getting some media attention when I switched firms because at the time I was you know, young, I was doing a whole bunch of business and I was different. I was unlike the traditional financial industry. I wasn't white, I wasn't older, I was a middle age. I was young and Asian, which made me right. very different. Yeah. And I had clients that fortunately my clients happened to be in a very sexy space. A lot of my clients are in the movie television industry and in the press industry, right? So it worked out well because I understood the language that they spoke. I understood their challenges because I had some background experience in what they did. And um, that got me some press attention and then eventually was given the opportunity to work at, work with Forbes as a contributor. Mm -hmm. So now I've been a contributor for Forbes now you know, almost five and a half years. And that was great because that gave me a voice to tell my side of the story. By the way, your content yeah. on Forbes is fantastic. I went through one called Six Financial Habits of Mentally Strong People and How You Can and Should Adopt. And uh, I love that. I thought that was really good. And it, it had like a lot, of, uh, a lot of interaction in regards to Forbes. Very impressive. So I love being able to hear your story in written form as well. It's, it's really cool to hear your journey. Well, yours is too. I'm just so glad we met. <laughs> oh, absolutely, right? And you know, I was actually looking at your, your personal website as well, and I, you're just talking about the story and like the way that you've shared who you are and what you're doing. And on your website, you refer to yourself as patient, optimist, committed to helping. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that you don't get that feeling when you're working with a financial advisor. At least I haven't. Maybe I'm working with the wrong people. But I kind of <laughs> get the feeling they're like, we need to do something now. It's kind of like the feeling I've always gotten. Like, I need to become a client right away. And I've always yeah. felt some form of pressure or like I just need to hurry up and do something or I'm wasting their time. But uh, even when I first met you, you definitely have that, you know, your website, you've described yourself perfectly because that's exactly what you are. You're very positive and at the same time, you're just wanting to help people and you're not pushing anything. It's just kind of like you just want to be a friend. You want to be there kind of to go along their life journey. And I think that that's a really huge point that's been able to earn you a lot of Maybe it's business with the press, or maybe it's actually just in your own financial firm, but you've done very well branding yourself that way and telling your story. It's something that's very oh, impressive. You. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I think that our industry is, it can be, not everybody, but there, it certainly can be very aggressive. And I think that clients, I mean, the way I treat clients is very different, I think, than most, because I always tell them on day one, I said, don't bring your checkbook, don't bring anything, just come. And then we'll just talk. And then you're going to go back and think about it. And even if it's a year or two years or 10 years from now, I'll still be here. But just has to be the right choice. Because if you're pressured to make that choice to work with me, then it'll be a short-lived relationship. You'll go back and like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I really want to do that. And that's just not healthy for either one of us. But if you come later on, maybe two years from now, maybe a month from now, 
you'll be like, I'm ready. I love Winnie. We're going to do it. And then we'll be together for 20 years. <laughs> right. No, that's great. But it's so true. And with the brands, it's the same way. I think so many brands now are doing incredible things. But we, as those who have sort of the honor of being their spokesperson or partner, need to recognize just how how special and a privilege that is. So whenever I work with a brand, I always tell them, I said, you know, my goal is just to over deliver and make you so happy. Hmm. And um, yeah, so, you know, that's kind of that. But also I don't work with everybody. I'm very picky about which brands we work with because it has to be a brand that I myself would use and feel comfortable using because right. otherwise I won't introduce that to my my community, which by the way, I have like the best community. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, I can tell. I mean, I didn't realize how far your reach spread just on Twitter alone, but it, it's amazing to see how engaged people are with you. Twitter, you know, it's generally a low engagement platform. Uh, you're considered popular if five people retweet something, right? And you've got mm -hmm. hundreds and thousands every time you post something. It, it blows my mind, but you've done really good on there. Your community is truly amazing. Blows um, my mind too. Yeah, and you said something <laughs> that was really important though. I think that a lot of us, again, we look at you, you look like a super busy person. You've got a husband, you have three kids, you mm -hmm. write for Forbes, you have your own company, you're also working with brands, and then I, I happen to know that you're a speaker, a keynote speaker, then you travel around and speak. You kind of mentioned to brands, you're only gonna work with the ones you're actually gonna use. How much pressure does that take off of you with having to go out and search for these brands that maybe would just bring you in a, a nice paycheck but aren't truly somebody you'd work with? Does that take a lot of extra energy, do you find? Well, I don't know how you feel about this, but I actually don't search out these brands. Good. I think that as you get further along in your career, the one thing I would say is that you're in a good position when they will come to you. So a lot of people will ask me, well, how do I build this brand? How do I build this? You know, I want to get paid Winnie from brands and work with, I'd love to work with this brand or that brand. And I say, well, I think the thing you want to focus on first and foremost is to be really, really good at what you do. And then also at the same time, build out your community because right. you know there's a reason right brands come to us is because they were first paid attention when the following numbers got big because your valuation is oftentimes your community. So if you don't have a big community and maybe you're doing a bunch of public speaking and this and that, I think you have to devote quite a bit of time to build that community. And it's not just numbers. It's about that engagement like right. Alex, you just talked about mm -hmm. and what they will do for you, but more importantly, what you will do for your community. I think that's the key because if I post something for a brand, I know it'll do well because those people that help share my content are the same people that I help mm -hmm. with my reach. So it's really, it's, it's so important, but more than that, you know, the bigger brands don't necessarily want to work with you unless another big brand is working with you first. So you gotta figure out who you really want to work with mm -hmm. and how to get on their radar. So it's two things, it's reach and also your reputation. So, you know, like you talked about that optimism. I think that for me, I'm naturally a happy person anyway, and I don't do well with negativity. I know that's like my kryptonite. I can't be around negativity. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. we get so stressed out. but. More than that is like attracts like. So I know the type of person I would attract, which is someone like you. This is why we hit off so well at FinCon because mm -hmm. we're similar personalities. Right. Well, people like myself go to social media as an outlet. 
right? I've had a stressful day. Let me catch up and see what my friends are doing. So I'm not looking for negativity. I'm not looking for something too heavy. I'm looking for something positive that will bring some light to my life at that moment. So everything I share on social media is very positive for that reason alone, because that's what I want. And so those who are my friends on social or attracted to my profile on social would want that as well. So the good thing is that brands are very good about identifying people like us. They want someone positive, professional. Really, I'm like the boringest person. And this is why brands don't take a risk on me because I don't drink. I don't do anything crazy. I work. I go home to my kids. And my life is really simple. It's like that. But brands need that sort of squeaky clean at least the brands I work with, you know, it's a, it's a good fit. Like I love my friends at Intuit because I use all their tools and I'm so passionate about their brand. Right. Yeah. And I understand that consistency in your life is really important. They're not going to, none of these brands, these big ones that you've partnered with aren't going to one day be like, oh my gosh, Winnie, that party girl just posted this crazy picture. And that's why they came after somebody like you who they know is going to, you're living the life the way it is. You don't ever like change. And I like that about you. And your content is extremely positive and it's consistently positive and I really admire that and I think these brands, they see that and that's what they want to go after as well. You bring up a good point there because I think a lot of us when we're running our social media will do things just for likes even if it isn't in our personality. What I mean by that is sometimes people will go ahead and just jump on the political bandwagon and start posting all this political stuff even though they don't really have any feelings in the matter or they don't really... Uh, understand it that well, but they'll just start posting this stuff because they know it's going to convert to likes. But it doesn't actually brand. It doesn't actually brand yourself. It doesn't show anybody you. It just kind of shows I'm just going after some likes and not building an actual audience that has any sort of connection to me. And I think that I see a lot of people doing that more now than I have in the past. And I like that you're not doing that. But you're talking about actually building a community, and you're doing that through consistently showing who you are. Any of our listeners that are trying to do the same thing that you're doing, they need to also take that into consideration. They can't just go out there and just follow the trend because your Twitter doesn't look like other people's Twitter. It's very different. And I think that's, again, what attracts people to it. It's positive and it's got a great message behind it. And I think that people need to really focus on finding their voice as well, their story, and be able to kind of share it the way that you've shared it as well. Exactly what you said, Alex. I mean, it depends on your brand, right? Mm -hmm. So every brand is going to be very different. Like your brand and my brand will be so different. But really, you want to spend some time getting to know yourself and figuring out who you are. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's, that's key is really knowing who you are, where you're going. You can't really build it without that, right? Exactly. The number of people creating brands is increasing more rapidly than ever before. Whether it's a personal brand, product, or service, more entrepreneurs are getting started today than any other time in history. Although these are exciting times, there is a problem. The problem is that most people don't know where to begin, and as a result, they end up wasting a lot of time and money on products and services that they just don't need. Wouldn't it be great to have a guide to help you save time and money instead of wasting it? Well, there is a solution for you. It's called the Creating a Brand Community. The Creating a Brand community is your digital mastermind or tribe. It's a network full of entrepreneurs devoted to helping each other succeed. We all help each other by sharing our experiences, recommendations, and discoveries along the way. As we like to say it, our goal is community collaboration focused on helping your brand succeed. The Creating a Brand community operates on our own social media platform. That's right, it's not another Facebook group. Our desktop site and mobile app feature online courses, 
focus groups and topical discussion, along with live digital events and in-person events and exclusive content, all focused around the development and success of your brand. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in, please join at creatingabrand.com. It takes less than three minutes to get set up and become part of this community of successful entrepreneurs. When you join, please message me within the community, Alex Sanfilippo. I'd love to have a conversation with you and welcome you to our community. Yeah, so I wanted to kind of bring up again, kind of going back to the main topic here, grow and monetize your brand when you're already busy. You talk about building your, you know, your social media following. That takes time and a lot of effort. Do you mm-hmm. use any tools to do that? Like what has helped you do that when you're already such a busy individual? That's a great question. So when you're building your community out, I think you want to figure out where your community is first and foremost. So, you know, originally I wasn't planning to build it out on Twitter. I was actually more engaged on LinkedIn just because I'm in the financial industry. That was an approved platform for us. I remember my husband telling me I should do Facebook and I was like, I'm not going to do Facebook. I'm such an introvert. What would I share? I have nothing to share. Right. And then eventually I was fortunate enough to work with a publicist who pull me aside and says, Winnie, you need to build Twitter. I said, why should I build Twitter? Twitter's dead. Nobody's using Twitter anymore. No, it's for like older people and it's like nobody uses it. So she's like, I don't care. You're going to use Twitter. You're going to build it out on Twitter. And I said, okay, I'll build it out on Twitter then. So I started building out Twitter. And in terms of tools, it's really, I would say 98% sweat and tears and 2% tools. But there are some tools out there that can make your life a little bit better, at least for Twitter. Like two or three that I really like is I love the Buffer app. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, helps you schedule your content for like, you know, months on end if you need to. Another one that I really like is called Manage Flitter. And that can help you sort of copycat your community from other people's communities. So like, let's say, for example, you're like an interior designer and you really want to build out more followers of people who are into interior designing. So you could, for example, look for... Joanna Gaines, like her and her husband built up this great brand of redesigning houses. So what you could do is you could put Joanna Gaines into Manage Flitter and then you could try to copycat her following because she has a really big following. Mm-hmm. So you could try to get them to follow you. So two ways to do that is um, people. You need to follow people for a chance for people to follow you. It's a you scratch my back, I scratch your back kind of project. So you'll go out there and you'll connect with some people, you know, you'll follow them and engage with them. And then some of them will follow you and some of them won't. And then you just have to do that every single day. And so I started this program for myself, really, because just because my children are still young. I mean, my oldest is nine, but back then my children were really young. I mean, they were in diapers. still. I started a system that I called breakfast, lunch and dinner which meant, you know, before the kids got up, I do some social in the afternoon, I do some social. And then when the kids went to sleep at night, I would do more social. I still kind of do that same pattern even today, now that my kids are in school, but you have to have that consistency and it takes years to build this up. It's not like we're not talking about months, but if you really want to build out your brand, you need to spend and devote quite a bit of time to building out that following, unless you happen to be like Justin Bieber and you know, you have like amazing music and you just create a new channel and all of a sudden you get like, you know, 10 million people following you. That's great. But like in real life for someone like myself, who's not a celebrity and who is not famous. It's like one connection at a time. I mean, give you an example, like Kathy Ireland, someone that I had the pleasure of meeting, right? Even she had to take some time to build her following on these social media channels too. You know, I think 
most of us have to work at it. So I think that's a key thing. You don't want to just create content for the sake of creating content. I always say build your following before you create your content. Because if you don't build that following and you're spending all this time making like, I always joke on my team, I said, we're not making Lord of the Rings here, which means that you don't have to worry about, you know, making this amazing video or this amazing post or picture or whatever until you have your following. Because if your following is only like 11 people or like 100 people, then you basically create an image that maybe 100 people saw. So it's kind of vanity content. So instead of creating vanity content, spend time devoted to building your following. So maybe if it's Facebook, then go join Facebook groups, follow other people, engage with other people, share valuable tips and information to these other people. And then you will naturally collect them organically as connections. Same with LinkedIn, same with Instagram, you know, all of this organic connections work really, really well. Do numbers matter? Absolutely. Do you have to work hard at them? Absolutely. Is it all going to be organic? Well, ideally, yes, because the thing is all these platforms will clean out fake followers from you all the time. You know, mm -hmm. I was really proud. I think Twitter uh, cleaned out uh, fake followers, you know, they do it all the time. But I, I mean, I can see when you have really big numbers, you can see, and I might drop by like, a couple thousand, which is really good. That means that my following is like 99% like pure real followers. So that 1%, 2%, you can't control. No matter what, you're gonna have bots following you without you even wanting them, you know? You can't really kick them out because right. you don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, last year Twitter did a really big cleanup and some, a lot of actually famous people, celebrities, they lost large percentages of their following. Yeah. Out the majority of them are fake. That's really cool to see and hear that your yeah. engagement stayed as strong as it was, which means, yeah, you have real followers. Well, a lot of wisdom. I feel like you could be like a, uh, you could be a social media manager if you wanted to be. I think what you're doing pays a little better, but you could do that as well. <laughs> and you can check, you know, there's um, websites you can go online to check the following, the how real they are. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's, I think like on Twitter, I think it's like, uh, only because I know Twitter really well. I think it's like Twitter audit or audit Twitter or something like that. So I test my account all the time to make sure that I don't have that many fake followers because I don't want them at all because brands, you know, pay attention to this stuff. I wish I was 100% pure, but that's really impossible. I think oh, I'm like at 98, 99 at any given time. Yeah. Which that's, that's fantastic to be able to be at that level. So I'm thinking about what you said, either our options are either become famous or put some time to it, be organic about what we're doing and grow it that way. And I like, like the idea of not sharing your best content right away. Start by building that following and engaging with people and make it interactive. And then as time goes on, begin to share your content. Because I think a lot of us were so excited, and I've been guilty of this as well, where I'll share my best content first and I've got three mm -hmm. followers. You know, like it's something that you just mm -hmm. launched and you're taking all this time to develop these great ideas and things that you want to share with people, but you don't really have the audience for it yet you'd be better off spending the time to actually grow and engage with people on these social platforms. So I think that's a really good point that you shared there. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I think, it, you know, you have to be very patient. The social media community is a long project and to be able to work with brands is a long project, but you can do it as long as you're providing value, most importantly to your community. You know, it just depends on what you want to do. Some people want to be like fashion bloggers and travel the world. And that's mm -hmm. cool too, it's just different. <laughs> 
Yeah, oh, absolutely. And at what point would you say is a good time to start monetizing? Because I've noticed that as soon as you get any sort of traction, these smaller brands and random people will start reaching out to you wanting to offer you $100 here, $100 there, $500 for a post, all these different type of things. Is there any like rule of thumb that you follow to say when it's time to start monetizing? That's a good question. For me, I started monetizing when I didn't need the income. But that doesn't mean that's for everybody. I think if it's a brand that you feel you're very aligned to and who understands your community and will respect your community and you feel like by sharing this information, it's very organic. Like let's say, for example, it's this brand of coffee that you really love and it's coffee shop or whatever. If it's something you're very passionate about and they want to partner with you, then I see no problem with that. But I think the key thing is always look at the long road, right? Because nothing disappears on social media as much as we like to think it does. Right, right. So if, you know, 10 years from now, is this going to be something that you're going to be very proud that you did? Oh, that's a great is it question. something that other brands are going to look back and like, oh, that's cool. That's great that Alex worked with that brand. I never heard of it, but... Yeah, it, it makes sense to me. And wow, he did such a good job. And then whatever brand you partner with, make sure they make you look good and you make them look good. It has to be a two-way street. Right, and I couldn't agree more with that. It's so important that it kind of go again, goes both ways. It's something you believe in because I see a lot of people, they start getting traction and they start pushing brands almost immediately that, you know, it's like, oh, wait, they've never talked about this before. Why do they out of nowhere now love this? And why are they starting to do that? And it just, it, it shows, it, it doesn't make you authentic. It just kind of shows that you're in there for the money. And I like what you said. You didn't start monetizing until you didn't need it. And that kind of gave you a great option to filter out. Because I think if we feel like we need the money, then we're just going to take whatever comes our way. But you were able to say, I don't need it. So I'm only going to take the best of the best and something that I'm really, that I believe in and that I want to be associated with. And you got to think about that long game. That's important. We can't just make it about today and that immediate paycheck, we got to make it about the long game and saying, what is this going to look like in three to five years when I'm double or triple the size? Is it going to hurt mm -hmm. me with a future partnership that I may have? I think that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a really solid point. Really good. Yeah. And I held out for big brands. That's what I wanted to do. Like I just had a conversation with a potential client. They were introduced to me from somebody else, a very good friend of mine. And then they said, oh, and Winnie even works with into it, like represents into it and a partnership. And then the client literally said like, wow, that's a brand I've never heard of, like jokingly, right? They're like, oh, I, of course I know into it. Right. But it was great because it helped elevate, because I'm a very smart, Sun Group World Partners, which is our company, is still very small. I mean, we're only a, a mighty team of 10. But if you align yourself to a household brand that people have heard of, your brand gets elevated naturally. So. I think you need to focus on that. It's not so much for me. I would take less money working with a bigger brand than more money with a brand mm, than good. I didn't agree with because that will come back to haunt you later on. You're going to regret that decision. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more. That's very wise to make that decision, be kind of filtering through that. So before we kind of end here, I wanted to ask you kind of one more question. So a lot of our listeners here are either in the – like corporate America, they're kind of working a nine to five, but they're also working on their side hustle or they're building their personal brand out. What advice would you have for them to kind of take their next step to growing that? I think many of us, we feel like we don't have time because we're working that nine to five or we're just struggling with monetizing it because eventually many of us want it to replace our nine to five. But how do we take those steps? Like what's the next big thing that people should be working on? And obviously you're not going to hit it just right for all of us, but what, what would you recommend and what on your journey has kind of led to where you are now? 
Okay, so the first thing I would do is if you want to build out your personal brand and you want an exit from your day job, the first thing you need to do, like starting today, is to do a interview on yourself to figure out what you reflect, right? Figure out wow. who you are. Alex, I think you've already done a great job with this, but let's pretend you were Alex. And Alex okay. would go back and basically say, okay, this is how I think I reflect. So Alex would say, I think I'm very positive. I think I'm very nice. You know, I think I'm really good at technology. I really understand trends. I'm really great with people I can sell. So you would write all the things that you think Alex reflects well at. And then you go to somebody that you know, who you trust, who will then tell you how you reflect. And that's how you sort of build out your brand because that's who you are. And it gives you an idea of the type of people that you would attract too. Because I would say like, like attracts like. I always think if you have two or three things in common with somebody, then there's a good chance that you could come together, not only be friends, but that that would be a really good potential mm -hmm. connection for you. For example, both Alex and I, we're at FinCon. We're both like really happy people and we're both friendly from day one. There's a lot of sort of consistent patterns between Alex and I, so that by the time our universe is collided, we met, it was like, great, we ended up spending some great quality time at a conference, and you know, we ended up bringing other friends together too, which is cool. You'd meet someone, i meet someone at a different table, and then we would bring them together, not because we planned it, it's just that's our personality, right? So once you do that, then you know the type of person that you are, then you also know the type of person that you need to be attracting or who you have a likelihood of building a good connection with. And then you go on social media and you seek out people that have similarities to you. Wow, that's a lot. So really, I mean, you're talking about really learning who you are, be authentic to that person, find people that are similar to you, and then go out there and duplicate that model in the digital world as well. That's great feedback for anybody who's looking to really grow. I say this a lot, but teamwork makes the dream work. And I think a lot of us, what we really just need is we need that team around us, right? We need some people around us that are help mm -hmm. us to, they're going to be able to help us to go a little bit further with what we're doing. So I really seriously appreciate you being on this podcast, Winnie. Thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with us today. And I hope to have you back. I hope that you're willing to come back later because there's a hundred different topics we could cover, I feel like. Well, I mean, your podcast is so awesome. By the way, you're like one of the best hosts I've had a chance to speak with, so it'd be an honor for me. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's great. Yeah, and we want to hear about your book whenever you write it. Are you going to write a book? I hope so. <laughs> when <laughs> I have right, time. Cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, when you have time. Well, Wendy, thank you again for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Like I said at the beginning, Winnie's son is seriously a wealth of knowledge. I could have covered like 10 more topics or even more than that with her during the time of this interview. I do hope to have her back at some point to just kind of go deeper into what she's doing. But I thought this was just a great overview of Winnie's life and some very, very practical steps that we could implement to just grow and monetize when we're already busy people. I really liked her strategy, which she called breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's so simple the way that she put it, but it's a great way to devote our time to growing our social media, to actually engaging with our audience without wasting our time. Because many of us, we're just kind of on it throughout the day whenever we get a few minutes. But the truth is, that's mindless scrolling. But when you say, hey, right after breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'm going to get on and be intentional to engage with somebody and to do something that's going to drive my social media forward, that's really going to help me to grow and monetize my brand in a bigger way. So I think that's really great. She also talked about just focusing on what matters. 
only partner with the things that you believe in instead of just going after things that don't matter and that you don't truly believe in. Because when you do that, people are going to be able to just kind of see straight through you and know if you're somebody who's just partnering with everybody you can or if you're really staying focused on who you are. Also, uh, the last point I want to mention, this is something that spoke to me, is to engage with your audience. Don't just go after one more. That's what Winnie did with me when she met me. She was willing to do whatever it took to help me succeed instead of looking at me as just, oh, he's just one more follower, one more guy who's going to come hear me speak somewhere again. No, instead, she said, you know what? I'm going to help this person. And I'm going to treat him as if he's my only follower. And I really appreciate that. And again, that's just a way that you can actually really focus your time. If you're focused on helping people and engaging with everybody, you're really going to be able to save time because those are going to turn into your loyal customers and people are going to follow you. So Winnie, I thank you so much for being on this podcast today. It was just such a privilege to be able to hear from you and hear your wisdom. If you're interested in learning more about Winnie Sun, you can just go to winniesun.com. That's W-I-N-N-I-E-S-U-N.com. She's got links to everything else she's doing right there, and it's really exciting, so I encourage you to go check that out or also engage in her Twitter chat because that is incredible as well. So again, thank you so much for being here, Winnie. If you're interested in show notes for today's episode, you can go to creatingabrandpodcast.com. Thank you as always for listening to today's episode.